if you've ever considered being on a podcast or maybe even starting your own podcast, my guest today, Molly Ruland, is going to turn your thoughts about it potentially on its head. She certainly did with me. She really made me think differently about the way to use a podcast to either increase your visibility, credibility as, a, as an expert in your field, or alternatively to use it very consciously and targeted as a business development tool. Um, so really it, it, what she was suggesting is it's not about the download numbers and the social media posts and everything. She has a whole different perspective on this, and I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Personally Brandtastic podcast, where we help you build your personal brand and business so that people can find you easily, want to work with you, and can't wait to refer you. My name is Paul Kopkin, and every day I work with real estate investors, professionals, and business owners who want to stand out from the crowd and attract more of the right opportunities without feeling inauthentic or spending all day doing it. It's all about communicating how personally brandtastic you are, because marketing is how to get their attention, but personal branding is why they choose you. Now, back to the show. Molly, thank you for joining us today. I'm, I'm a little bit jealous because I'm looking in the background there and you're, you're sitting in Costa Rica and I'm sitting in Ontario where they're saying freezing rain again tomorrow. So <laughs> I'm definitely jealous. But I noticed on your, on one of the things on your website was you'd got a quote, listening is the revolution. So perhaps kick off and tell me what do you mean by that? Well, you know, I've always been fascinated by communication. I grew up in a very Irish family. My dad's a great speaker. You know, we did a lot of Irish events. We did, you know, Irish dance and danced at the White House for Ronald Reagan a few times. We were really big into that. And my dad and his peers were always just great storytellers. You know, the Irish were great storytellers. And I just have always been really fascinated with the power of audio and then now video and I think that we live in a society right now where listening truly is the revolution. And I think that we've gotten so far away from that, from listening to each other, listening to the truth, you know, listening to people's feelings, even if it's not your truth. You know, there's just a lot of value. And I think, you know, in sharing information from audiobooks to online courses to just listening to each other on a personal level. And so that's what we're really interested in doing is producing content that um, really sounds good because, you know, I'm an audiophile for sure, but also has a better message and a bigger picture and is a little bit more in line with the things that we care about and that we want to be a part of. Okay. So the challenge I'm guessing is attention spans. And I was hearing on a podcast just this week that somebody was doing scientific research and our attention spans have now dropped below a minute. Which, I'm surprised it's that long, honestly. Right, I, I think she actually said 47 seconds, which <laughs> I mean, just kind of scares, scares me something terrible. But so one of the things that somebody needs to think about if they're going to produce something that's audio-based when it comes to attention span. Well, I think it really depends on your audience and the intention with the content, right? Like, you know, if you're producing a podcast that's talking about like the history of a historic place, like you own a historic place, you're part of a big museum or nonprofit or something, then you can certainly, you could do an hour and a half long podcast about Gettysburg right. because there's going to be somebody tuned into that. But if you're trying to do a business development tool podcast with tips, 
or and tips, you know, and tools and things like that. Nobody's going to listen for an hour and a half. So I think it it really it boils down to having a strategy and knowing your audience and creating content that's going to provide value for them. And sometimes that content could be 10 minutes. Sometimes it could be a half an hour. And for other people, it could be three hours, right? Joe Rogan does three hour podcasts and people listen to him. So I think uh, I think knowing your audience and having a very clear strategy is what solves that problem. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right because I'm thinking the podcast I always listen to, I mean, there's a few, but one is two and a half to three hours. And I think I, I used to think I would never, you know, listen to a podcast, but I think the beauty of podcasts is you could be doing something else, can't you? That's, that has a real cachet, I guess. I mean, that's why I'm a huge fan of audiobooks, you know, and from an accessibility standpoint too, right? Which would, you know, is an important conversation. I've had a bunch of neck surgery, so physically holding a book is really hard for me. So I kind of have to do audiobooks and I can listen to an audiobook while I'm making dinner or driving or in the shower or walking around the neighborhood. And that has so much value to me because I don't have to stop what I'm doing. But I think active listening is something that we really need to be focused on because I think a lot of people just play stuff in the background where they're not actively listening. And it's sort of contributing to this idea that we can just fill our heads with noise and not really focus. So when I went on this mission to read as many books as I could about business development. So in the last four years, I've read like 150 books, right? Wow. But I actively listen because I really want the information from them. Some of them I've read four times because I, I found them so valuable. But when I first started listening, my attention span was like 20 seconds. I was embarrassed. <laughs> I was alone right. and embarrassed of myself and how... <laughs> And so it's, people say, oh, I can't do audiobooks, but I say, you have to really try. You have to really put effort into it. You have to notice when your brain has wandered and you have to rewind. You have to really want the information. And so I think that's the that's really the answer to your question. If somebody really wants the information and it's good, they'll listen as long as you're willing to give it, you know? Right. If your information isn't good, then... <laughs> okay. So, so let's take a real estate investor who's maybe thinking about launching a podcast. What are the first few things that they need to be thinking about? Target audiences, you've said, is kind of the primary thing they need to understand first. What do they then need to do beyond that? For sure. Well, I think understanding the value of a small audience and not think that you're trying to get everybody in an age range, but you're trying to get a very specific group of people in an age range and really being niche about that and really speaking to them as if you were looking right at them. I think solving problems and answering questions for people. So if you're an investor and you're meeting with people who might want to invest some money into your funds and your investment, you know, what are the questions they always ask you? What are the things they want to know about you? These are the things that you should talk about. These are the things that you can present organically. You could interview people that you've invested with before on your podcast, and you could talk about how the things that went smoothly or the things that didn't. You can, you know, be very transparent. And what it does is it prevents, presents an opportunity for somebody to get to know you on a more intimate level. Like I, I'm Irish Catholic, but I'm a young of four. If you're sarcastic and you curse a little bit, you're my people, right? That's, <laughs> and we all have our people, you know, right. and the, uh, having a podcast where somebody can actually listen to you, hear you talk, hear how you really feel about things, how you communicate with your customers, all those things can be really powerful. And if you're not looking to sell a thousand widgets, then you don't need to reach a vast audience. You need to reach the right audience with the right content. And I, and how many deals are you really trying to close? How many, how much money are you really trying to invest? It's not a, it's not a million, you know, tickets. It's, it's a smaller handful. And a podcast is a great intimate tool right. for that very specifically, you know? Right. And how do you build an audience? How do you even get one person to listen, let alone? I, 
like with everything, it's all about relationships. Start with the people that you did business with that really enjoyed you and interview them and talk about what they expected and what they were surprised by and what was the greatest joy in working with you. And just it's like an hour long testimonial, essentially. And let people talk about you. And then they're going to want to share that episode with their network. They're going to want to share. Oh, maybe the investor I told you about who helped our portfolio this year. Oh, I did a podcast with him. You got to listen to it. And then they're listening to it. And those communities are small and tight, right? And they'll share it with their other friends and neighbors. Oh, this is the investor I told you about. You know, that's how Mm. that stuff works. Because you're not looking to move a giant needle. It's not a, you know, I think... People talk a lot about funnels, but the funnel implies that there's a massive amount of something that's being funneled into something small. I think it's misleading, especially in a situation with real estate investors. You don't need 10 million people to see your landing page. Right, right. And what about the technology side of things? Because I think people are probably straight away thinking, oh, I've got to get, you know, I've got to have a studio like Joe Rogan's or something to that effect. What are the tips around technology? Buy a microphone and use it the right way. Be like you. You have a great microphone. We have the same microphone and you're using it properly. And that's 99% of good quality podcasting is having a microphone and using it properly. So the Shure MV7, the boom arm, the earbuds, it's 350 bucks. You don't need to be in a treated space if you have the right microphone. Really focus on the quality of your sound and the quality of what you're saying. But you don't need to be in a studio. And if somebody shows up and tries to to spend 30,000 of your dollars to build you a home studio. Don't do it because you don't need to do that anymore. You know, technology has come so far, like the latest Zoom recorders, which another company are like fit in your hand and they can do everything, right? So it's not the same as it was. You can have something really nice. It sounds really good. And it's really important. Do you want to buy from, you know, do you want to invest in the guy that sounds like he lives in a trash can or do you want to invest in a guy who sounds like this, right? (laughs) Right. There's some psychology there. And especially since it's an intimate thing, when people meet you for the first time, you want them going, oh, my God, it's so interesting. Cool to hear your voice because I've listened to that podcast so many times. I feel like I already know you. Right. That's what you want. So a good microphone makes a big difference. Yeah. And you've touched on something that didn't strike me initially. But what other medium do you have the opportunity to be between someone's ears and have yeah, and be right in their head, literally. It, literally. Yeah. And people tell me, like, with our clients, you know, when we set up podcasts for them, we send them a microphone now because I got tired of people buying the Yeti. I was like, if one more person buys the Yeti. And so we're like, we're just going to send you the best thing. And we're just going to raise the price. And we just included it in that. We're like, no more issues. And they all tell me, Molly, it was the best thing. Because I tell people. Use it on all meetings. They're like, really? And I'm like, you're going to close more deals. You're going to have better meetings. Your employers are going to, employees are going to enjoy your staff meetings a little bit better. Like, yes, the quality of your audio really matters. And so it will make it, even if you're on a Zoom call with your banker, it will matter. It's a subconscious thing. You sound smarter and people want to listen to you more when you sound good. And I don't mean just what you're saying, but like how you actually sound. Right. So Yes, it definitely, it makes a huge difference in everything that you do, so. And I I thought it was just my British accent. There we go. Uh. (laughs) Well, no, if you can pull one of those out too, that's great. I don't have one, you know what I mean? So, Yeah, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned the Yeti. I used to have one and then I was a guest. I was a guest on somebody's podcast and I'm chatting away and he said, what's that noise in the background? I said, yeah, what noise? I can 
he could hear the the air conditioning click on. Yeah, yeah. And it just picked up everything. And I didn't realize. And I, oh my gosh, it made me. Well, it's it's a condenser microphone, so the pickup pattern is circular, and so it's meant for a very treated space. But nobody's in a treated space, and like the shore is a dynamic microphone, which means it only picks up from the end right here. So if my dogs are barking in the yard, you won't hear it. Or if somebody opens my front door, you're not going to hear it because it's not, if it's not coming in right here, it's not going to get picked up. And so, and it's a cheaper microphone than the Yeti. Go figure. Go figure. <laughs> right. I did have a guest that used Crisp. Have you heard of Crisp? I have just recently. Fantastic technology. They, they were actually in a Starbucks showing me and I couldn't hear anything in the background. And it is, this is soft for anybody listening. This is software that basically blocks everything. But one of the challenges they said is if they have somebody else turn up and there's two of you, it even blocks that other person. You can't even get two people picked up. Right. So, right. Yeah. But yeah, I just heard about that recently and I was like, that's brilliant technology, especially for people working at home. You got your kids, you know, leaf blowers are on the rise, apparently, right. you know, pickleball, right? I mean, there's so many sounds out there messing everybody up. So yeah, technology is always a good tool for sure. Right. And what about, um, you know, all the things around podcasts that, you know, I think people get hung up about, you know, the name of the podcast and how often should they be producing a podcast? And is there, are there recommendations that you have around those kind of things in both in terms of initially setting up and then on, ongoing? I would say, be very clear about the goal. What is the goal? How many episodes do you want to do? Do seasons. Hey, I want to do a 12 part, a 12 episode series on very specifically, real estate investor, do a 12-part series on investing in Naples, Florida and tile in on regional listeners and regional traffic or whatever it is, like mm -hmm. dial in on a specific, or you could do eight episodes about investing in Naples and the next eight episodes could be about investing in Costa Rica and the next eight episodes, but be very intentional about it, right? Mm -hmm. This idea of just recording in perpetuity, like have and have a goal in mind and do very specific episodes and then reverse engineer them. So, okay, if I was going to do eight episodes about investing in Costa Rica, what are the eight most important things to know about investing in Costa Rica? And I'll do one episode on each. And then it gets crystal clear on, oh, well, if I'm going to do an episode on the fact that you have to have a corporation in order to invest in Costa Rica, then I'm going to do one episode just about the corporation stuff. The next episode, it makes it really easy to dial in on like what you want to talk about if you have a goal in mind. And so I would say that because one well-produced 12-episode series that's marketed well, produced well, you know, and amplified can be far more effective than a year and a half of interviewing people that have nothing to do with your business, you know? So being very intentional is what I would focus on and not focus on, like, podcasting has no rules. It's the pirate radio of the modern world, right? right? You know? You can do whatever you want. That's the short answer, but what's going to really impact your business, you know? Right. And I've likened it to, it's kind of the modern day book. It used to be, if you wanted credibility and a standing, you would publish a book. Whether you sold any copies was irrelevant. It was the right. fact you had a book. Right. Yeah. And I kind of sense, I kind of sense that the podcast is kind of in that spot now. It is. Um, it's a great tool, you know? I mean, it's just so informative and helpful. I mean, I listened to a podcast yesterday and I like came up with a whole new offer for my business that I'm really excited about. Like there's so much value in podcasts, you know? 
Mm. And what about, you know, interview versus solo length of a podcast? I mean, I know there's stats out there that the, the, the average commute is 27 minutes. So a podcast should right. never be more, which we know is like baloney, but. Right. <laughs> right. You're like, my commute to the bedroom is, well, okay. So there's a couple of different ways that you can use a podcast. If you want to be seen as a thought leader, right. And you want to be seen as like a thought leader. If you just want to be known and drop gems and do a solo podcast, take an hour, record four 15 minute episodes, have a weekly podcast, record them in one hour, keep it moving, keep your production down, keep your time in the studio limited, bash them, be very intentional. Excellent plan for founders, people who just like want to be known, coaches, people that just want to be known for visibility or for thought leadership. That's a great way to do it. Here's your 15 minute tip on investing in real estate. If you're, you know, whatever, investing in Costa Rica, like very effective. An interview podcast is really effective for like customer testimonials, like sharing success stories, but it's also a relationship builder. Like if you could interview somebody that, has a network of a hundred people, private people who want to invest in real estate. That's a great person to interview because they can introduce you to those hundred people. So if you're going to do an interview podcast, I think it should be very strategic. So I always say that on a branded podcast, the person your guest is more important than the audience. doesn't matter if 10 people download it. You're establishing a relationship with that person very intentionally and specifically. That's a oh. different, that's a different approach. I hadn't, I hadn't heard that from anybody else that talks about podcasts. And I think that's a really interesting perspective to have in using podcasts smart. Right. Cause you know, okay, I want to do a podcast. I'm gonna do 12 this year. Okay. Well, who are the 12 people that can move the needle in your business? Who is the 12 people, right? Like you're somebody is a great example, right? I didn't even know, but you have a bunch of investors. Maybe they want to start a podcast. Well, meeting you is great because maybe you'll send me those clients. So one person sends me three clients. That's a great use of my time versus just interviewing somebody because they have a big LinkedIn following. I don't, you know, that's not it to me. Everything in life is relationships, but especially podcasting when you're doing interviews, it's always about the relationship building. And maybe it's because you're going to come visit me in Costa Rica, or maybe we're going to do business together. No one knows, right? But it's always about the relationship. It's, it's very contrary to what a lot of podcast coaches are saying do, which is find, you know, identify your top 100 big audiences, which then presents a whole challenge because how am I going to get Joe Rogan to even take notice yeah. of me or whoever? No, no big They're deal. Right. <laughs> Yeah, just do that. But listen, Joe Rogan could come on my podcast tomorrow. That does not mean that Joe Rogan's fans are going to listen to the podcast and like my podcast. And I don't want Joe Rogan's fans because they're not going to hire me for my services. So it's irrelevant, right? So the thinking is very flawed. And I and a lot of these companies do that. And they're chop shops and they have different employees and they're using AI and technology and spitting stuff out. They're proud of the fact that they don't even edit. I'm like, what are you talking? What do you mean? You can't, you're proud of that? So there's a lot of misguided information, but really podcasting is a business development tool when you're doing interviews. If you're just, if you're doing solo podcasts, then that's visibility. It's more, it's all marketing, but really it should be considered business development. And how, you know, for me, if I have, if I could pick up 10 new clients this year, that's great for my business. I don't need a million new clients, right? So the, if I could interview 12 people this year, right? And who can't commit to a monthly podcast? Like you could batch those over a month and record them all in a month, hmm. you know? And 
So taking that a stage further and thinking about marketing. So again, I'm thinking a lot of the podcast coaches then say, you know, 20% of your time should be spent recording and then 80% is social media and all those kind of things. I'm g guessing you're going to say that may not, it's almost no. reversed possibly is. It is reversed. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. So to me, there's three pillars of any successful podcast, you know, production goal, right? Str strategy, production and amplification. Okay. Most people don't have a strategy. There's like, I want to have a podcast. I'm going to interview people. They don't have a clear strategy. They spend way too much time on the production, editing, doing all this stuff, and they don't even do it really well to really maximize all the benefits. And then they completely drop the ball on amplification. But the amplification is a little different. If you're just posting on social media and trying to build a following, it's never going to happen because you got to pay to play. Everything is pay to play. Every single thing. Facebook, I have 20,000 followers on our Facebook page. I post up and like seven people saw it. I'm like, awesome. Thanks, Mark Zuckerberg. I'm so <laughs> glad I spent all those years building that, right? Like it means absolutely if you're not paying to play, you're not getting in front of new people. You're not going to build a new audience, period. Forget about it, right? So if you're trying to do it as a business development tool, the amplification is actually the runway and the relationship that you've built. It's following up and saying, Hey, thanks so much for coming on my podcast. You know, Paul, I would really love it if you would be on my board of directors. Or, hey, Paul, thanks for coming on my podcast. I was wondering if you wouldn't mind hey, making an introduction for me. Hey, Paul, thanks for coming on my podcast. Here's three graphics I made, and one of them has your face on it and a quote from you. And here's the video, and here's the thing, and here's the blog post, and here's all this content I created for you. By the way, I would love it if we could meet again next week. I would love to put something in front of you. That's the amplification. That's where the magic happens when you're doing business development, especially if your client base isn't trying to grow by a million widgets, you're trying to get 10 new investors. You're trying to get 10 new private people to spend their money with you to invest in more real estate. You're not, they're not going to be on social media. They're going to be in networks. They're going to be in communities. They're going to say, oh my God, I work with this guy. Here's this podcast. You got to listen to it. It's all relationships. You know? I love that. I, that is such a, yeah, it's such a contrarian view that from what most people have, even me was thinking from a perspective well, of the podcast. And it's setting people up to fail. Social media is a hard game. Visibility is a hard game, you know, but like a relationship is not. If you know what you're talking about and you're passionate about something, then that shines through, right? And so, you know, a well done, I mean, I always give this example, but there's a gentleman in DC who I just have the utmost respect for. And he's done all this work with seniors and foster kids. And he has a a mission-based business that's for profit. So he does the work in nonprofits, but they make as much money as possible so they can do more good. I mean, the guy, I did a podcast. I did this intro of him. It was like three minutes long. I had video. I talked about when he was the school mascot and sack at Harbor, you know, <laughs> I pulled, but it was all stuff that I found on the internet. After I did that introduction, he was so taken aback, right? He's the kind of guy that always says my team. I said, no, I'm going to put the spotlight on you. He was so taken aback by that, that, that introduction. And then we had a great conversation and the amount of business that he has sent my way in the last three years since we did that podcast is astounding. Right. Because he likes me because he knows that I'm passionate. I'm good at what I do. I care. I'm interested in providing a platform for the right things. And he wants to invest in me back. Right. And that's a perfect example. You know, and now he's a friend. Like he'll just message me and say, hey, I love you. And I hope everything's good in Costa Rica. Yeah. It's a relationship. You know what I mean? And it has right. so much value from a personal and financial level and it's all because of that podcast so when you look at it in that way like you know instead of the days of standing in front of trade show booths and flying all these places like yes it's still happening 
But how effective is that? Wouldn't it be better to identify 12 people that could really move the needle in your business this year and craft amazing introductions about them and get in front of them and show them how good you are and how smart and passionate you are and that you're likable? That's going to do a lot more than posting on social media three times a day and blah, 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 blah. So what you're saying, take that time that you would have spent wasted on social media and bring it round to the front and prep and really have it knock it out of the park producing a great podcast episode that impresses that one person effectively. That podcast probably got like 180 downloads in total, but that's, if you know, that didn't translate into dollars in that, you know what I mean? The amount of business that he has sent me is incredible. The value from that relationship. And then the amplification is really the, hey, thanks for coming on the podcast. Here's the three graphics. It'll be live in a week. Hey, how's it going? How's your son? Now you have a relationship. You know, because you just created graphics with their face on it and you created an episode and you highlighted them and you had this great conversation. Now they're in your corner, right? They get the, the reciprocity, right? Like it really works. You do something for somebody, they want to do something back for you. And so, if you know, it, that shines through. And so to me, that is how a podcast should be used, you know, but not for everybody. If you're a public health company, you're trying to get a bigger message out. That's a different strategy right, right? it's right. T- the intention matters right so there is anybody who's telling you there's a one-size-fits-all answer for podcast should not be the person you hire because it's a right. lie it's a it's an insanity so i'm just th- i'm just thinking from, from your approach so even a non-for-profit could do this very targeted because if they found 12 influential community people it's probably golden versus donors trying, re- trying to get right five dollars here re- and five dollars there Right. You want to retain your current donors, doing a podcast with them, interview them, do a great intro, highlight them, highlight all the work they're doing, put the spotlight on them. They're going to donate again next year. Maybe they'll donate more. I love it. How do you hire the right team to pull this together? Because I think real estate investors are pretty good sometimes at, you know, looking for help. They don't necessarily want to do it all themselves. So what are the things that you should be looking for when you're perhaps outsourcing the podcast side of what you're trying to do? I would say it's not the time to be cheap, right? Like, quite frankly, because everybody's like, well, I'm just going to buy this crappy microphone. And then if the podcast works, I'll buy a better one. Listen, in no other area in your life do you say, you know, I'm going to go buy this terrible wine. And if I like that wine, then I'll buy the better bottle. Like, we don't do that anywhere else, but we do it here. People also say, well, I'm not going to do all of it. I'll just do these parts because I don't want to invest in it if there's not going to be an ROI. Well, you're definitely not going to get an ROI if you don't invest in it. Outsource it. Outsource all of the production and find somebody who does this for a living and not somebody in their basement and not your marketing assistant and not your cousin Tom who's in college and has time and he's an intern. None of that because it's not going to happen. And if you're producing content that represents your business, you have to have it professionally produced. Mm. Like you're trying to get somebody to give you millions of dollars to invest. You better sound like a million bucks, you know? And so have it professionally produced, but be intentional. Instead of spending 20 grand over the course of a year, you could spend 15 grand and do 12 episodes, but those 12 episodes could generate more money than doing it for a year, right? So it's all about spending your money in the right way, but making sure that it's really polished because that's what's going to get it. Now, if you're a nonprofit, it could be a little less polished, right? Because you don't want to be too polished and say, well, how much money are you making over there anyway? Maybe you don't need ours, right? But right. you're somebody trying to get somebody millions of dollars, then you should look and sound like a million bucks, including your podcast, you know? Right. And and your idea of the seasons around a particular topic or something, that 
that might be just it. Yes. I mean, it, you don't necessarily yeah. need to be continuing to produce, or maybe you do one in two years time when you've got a new strategy or a new whatever. It's like a modern day book launch, right? You talked about podcasts yeah. being books, right? It's the same thing. Like, you know, same thing with podcast guesting, you know, you, an investor could do a podcast and do 12 you know, episodes or eight episodes on whatever area they want. And I do think being really re regional and niche is very smart, you know, to get the attention of people who are trying to invest in that area. You be that guy, you know. Uh, and then the other thing is going on other people's podcasts. Spend three months going on as many podcasts as you can and talk about what you do. Get some attention around you without having to produce it. Use that for thought leadership and visibility and use your own podcast as a, you know, I liken marketing to like, you know, fishing, right? You got spear fishing. It's very targeted. A Brandon Cod podcast is spear fishing. You know your target. You got one tool. You're right there. Make it happen, right? You know, going on other people's podcasts is more like trolling or netting, right? Like you're hitting bigger water. You're getting who you can. You're just trying to get visibility. So you got to know which tool to use depending on what kind of audience you're trying to reach and what kind of conversion you're trying to get out of it. That's a good kind of segue into guesting. Any kind of tips or insights into what you should be looking for, what kind of shows, what you should be saying, not saying, that kind of thing? You know, I've actually been on this mission to put myself on as many podcasts as possible. I was like, oh, I'm just going to go meet some people and hang up. And my biggest rule is I just want to provide value. If I couldn't come on your podcast today and provide value for your audience, I wouldn't have applied for it. But I was like, I know I can. I spent 13 years in real estate finance, ironically. Didn't know that about me, but <laughs> I did. And so... And I know marketing really good and I know podcasting really well. So I'm like, okay, I can definitely provide value. That's all I want to do because I know in my business, when I get in front of people and I speak about these things, somebody is going to go, that's my girl. I'm going to hire her. Right. And other people go, oh, I'm going to pray for her probably. Right. Especially like <laughs> but that's cool. I'll take prayers too. But other people are like, oh my God, I love you. You're the exactly the person I want to hire. So if I can provide value, and even if somebody doesn't want to hire me, if people took a couple notes or if they had an aha moment listening to this podcast and they're they, even you, then that's great because that's all I'm here to do is provide value. Everybody's rule is a little different, but number one, have a microphone for sure. Number two, be prepared. Listen to the podcast. Understand what you're getting into. Have a conversation with the person in advance. And number three, be very clear. I always like refer to Terry Schultz. She's an amazing journalist, right? And no matter what you're talking to her about, she can reel it into what she wants. We did a podcast with NATO with her. And I mean, woo, you know, she, it, you could ask her anything and she's going to you know, oh, yes, I love potatoes. And you should see what we did with NATO this year. Like she, I mean, it's incredible. And she does it in such a way you don't even realize it's happening. You kind of got to be the same way, right? You don't want to oversell, right? But like, and for example, you know, whoever's listening to this knows that I produce podcasts and I probably will do a pretty good job of it. I don't need to sit and sell people on anything. Right. They know if they liked me and I sparked something with them, then they're going to seek me out and want to talk to me. And that's it. You know what I mean? I just... Get yourself in front of people, present your value, and let the people that want to work with you come to you and not try to be viral on TikTok or whatever. That doesn't always serve you. And I think you've raised a good point. You can stand out from the vast majority of people trying to be a guest just by listening to a podcast and then having a conversation or reaching out and saying, I really enjoyed this episode. Because I, well, you probably get it as well, but I can't tell you the number of pitches I get. I even have one where they misspelt my name and misspelled the uh, you know the name of the show and yeah, like, come on actually, man. no they didn't misspell the show they said insert show name here <laughs> yeah even better even really? better yeah <laughs> thanks i feel so special now you must know the african <laughs> prince who's trying to give me money yeah 
Yeah, what a mess. I mean, and there is real value on going on podcasts. I personally just enjoy meeting new people. And I feel like we've been missing a lot of that with the pandemic and not going to as many like conventions. And I'm a people person. So I was like, I'm going to go on podcasts and hang out with people and provide some value to some audiences. Because at the end of the day, that's it. That's great. You know, like if I said one thing that helps somebody today, then that's awesome. You know, right. that's great. Agreed. Well, you've definitely helped me. A um, couple of questions I like to ask guests before we kind of wrap up and tell people where they can find out more about you. Favorite personal brand? Who do you like and why? You know, I really, <laughs> you're going to get sick of me in a minute, but Alex Hermosi, he wrote $100 million offers. He's a marketer. He's just really smart. He's like a gym bro guy who had a bunch of gyms and took a bunch of masterminds and educated himself and created a licensing program instead. And now he owns an acquisition company and he's just really smart and he's young and he's just really giving with his information and everything that he's done that resonated with me that I did has worked tremendously. So I like his content. It's straight to the point. Really good. And his wife, Alex and Layla Hermozi, H-O-R-M-O-Z-I. Okay. I'm going to have to yeah. check those out. Yeah. What about a favorite business book or podcast? Alex Hermozi, $100 million <laughs> offers. And he has a podcast called The Game. And it's great because sometimes it's like podcasts that he went on, but sometimes it's like 20 minutes. And it's just one of those podcasts that when I listen to it, when I hang up, I'm like excited to get to my desk to implement something that I just learned from him. The guy, and it's short and sweet and valuable. And I just can't like, that's the best investment of time. The book is four hours long on Audible. And if you listen to it fast, it could be two and a half hours like me. And it's impacted my business in more ways than I can even express. So if you were going to read any book this year, it would be that one. Okay, I'm putting that on my Amazon list now. So, And what about a new tool or resource that you're enjoying using at the moment? You know, I really like Jasper. And I'll give you the link to that because I have an affiliate link. You know, I'm never afraid to admit that. But Jasper is an AI writing tool for copywriting. And it is really helpful for writing social media posts, write, just writing blog posts. It's just a really great tool to take a paragraph that you've written, throw it in there, have it improve it for you. It's good for website copy. It's good for social media, for ads. It's good for a lot of things. So if you are a business and you don't necessarily have a huge team, it's an excellent resource and tool for you to have. So it uses the same engine that ChatGBT does, but it's specifically for copywriting. And mm -hmm. it's brilliant. I can't say enough good things about that. So Okay, we'll definitely get the, uh, the affiliate link off you because I'm just immediately thinking real estate investors you know, like some of them are doing short-term rentals. So Airbnb descriptions, I'm guessing. For sure. Copywriting, right. For sure. And you can take something in your own words and then it'll zhuzh it up. And you, there's even different templates. So you can say what keyword you want to rank for, which is really important because people write descriptions of things and you're like, you put all these words, these adjectives, but you didn't put a single keyword in there, right? Because we, you know, writing is one thing. Copywriting is a whole different Sorry to your brain. And if you don't have any exposure to that, you're not even thinking, you don't even realize how much we're getting trapped all the time by copywriting right. and marketing. You're like, there it is. So a tool like this can be really helpful. And what it does, it'll help you get started, especially with blogs. It, get, it gets you going off the ground. You can't let AI write the whole thing for you, but it'll save you countless hours. Mm, great tip. All right. And do you have a favorite quote that either inspires or motivates you? You know, it's one that keeps coming up a lot lately. It's don't let perfect be the enemy of good. So 80% done is good. 
Well, you know, I think we're in a society where it's like, oh, you got to have a funnel. You got to have this. You got to have a landing page. You got to have this. You got to have that. You got to do all this. It's like, no, man, just like, you know, do what you're good at and stay in your lane. And a lot of this is a trap. Oh, if I just take this one more course. Oh, if I do this one more mastermind. If I pay this money, then I'll be ready. And it's like, no, just do it. You know, you got to do it well. You know, like, as I was saying, if your podcast, you know, is a business related one, you should really. But like, at the end of the day, just do it. You just right. got to do it, right? People look at me, they say, oh, man, I can't believe you moved to Costa Rica. And I'm like, yeah, I just did it. It was crazy. One day I just did it. You know, like, it, that's where it starts. And maybe I'll like it, maybe I won't. No one really knows, but you don't know until you just do it. So don't let perfect be the enemy of good because, you know, you're trying to reach an audience. And the only way to not reach it is to not do it. And too many people get analysis paralysis and they need one more thing. And it's like, you really don't. You've got it. Good point. Great, great way to wrap up, Molly. How can people find out more about you? Where can they find you? Well, my website, heartcastmedia.com. And then, of course, we'll have a discovery call link in the data there. If anybody is intrigued by what I've said and would like to chat with me, I always love connecting with new people and chatting on Zoom or Riverside, of course, and some in Costa Rica, but always open to discussions and helping people brainstorm and strategize where they're trying to go. Wonderful. I appreciate that. And thank you for the insights today. You've really kind of switched my brain around a little bit on podcast. So that's great. So mission accomplished. There we go. Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right. Wonderful. Molly, thank you. Have yourself a brandtastic day. Thank you. You too. Thanks. Well, was that brandtastic? Did it give you some ideas and actions that you can take right now to build your business? So get to it. Thank you for listening and have a brandtastic day.